0: Hello, this is episode seven of season three. This episode is all about how and when to get costing information or estimates for your renovation or building project. There's some key steps and I'm going to be sharing them with you here. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. Our Get It Right podcast partner this season is Kiko LED. So Kiko LED is customizable DIY LED strip lighting that you can order online to your specifications for your needs and your project. So perhaps you've been looking for that integrated designed lighting solution and you found it really hard to access as a one off for your project. It's expensive to get made to order or it requires your electrician to do a bunch of work on site to make it happen. But you can just see that LED strip lighting channel concealed in your joinery, or perhaps included in the walls of your stair void, or around the edge of your deck to add drama in the evenings, then I really encourage you to check out Kiko LED, and that's Kiko K-I-I-K-O. Now, previously, this level of customisation and design for lighting solutions, it was only accessible to those in the trade. And Kiko instead brings custom linear LED to you from their headquarters in Brisbane, Australia. And it's all able to be ordered online via the Kiko website. So you pick your design, you pick your length, you pick your LED light type. If you need help with designing your LED strip lighting solution, you can always jump on the phone or email one of their team as well. And I've been able to organise with Kiko, a fantastic UA community only offer. So if you head to their website at www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect, you'll be able to access a $25 discount to use on your first order. And that link will be in the show notes as well. So pricing starts at $95 per linear meter plus shipping. So it's great quality, really affordable product that can really offer that lighting design edge that you may May be looking forward to make your new home or renovation project feel great. So let's get on with the episode. So I mentioned in the last episode, there is often a big mismatch that can happen between what homeowners expect their renovation or new home project to cost and what the reality actually is. And when homeowners find this out, when they you know, reach this point of understanding this mismatch, it's often with total shock. And there's this readjustment that has to happen for them in order to keep going on their journey. The worst thing I see is that many homeowners will often wait far too long to get to this point of readjustment. They basically hop on a train towards their destination, that is, you know, their new home and they don't even really check that they're on the right train and it's only several steps along their trip that they check and then they discover that they're on an express train to somewhere that they actually didn't mean to go. So how do you avoid this? How do you avoid the hurt of derailing a train, that is your project, and it ending in disaster? Well, it's pretty simple. You get your expectations meeting reality as early as possible. Because if you can readjust early, then you can hop on the best train for you. So part of this is working out the cost of your renovation or new home. And homeowners, as I've said before, will often feel that this is a one-step process. However, it is definitely not. If there's anything that you take away from this season of the podcast about how to set and stay on your budget, I would love for it to be this. Determining what your project will cost is an incremental process. You set your budget at the beginning and you keep testing and adjusting as you go. You're providing more information, you're resolving more detail, and you're finding out costing information along the way. I've said it before, but it's literally like moving through a funnel, one that gets narrower as you go, and it moves you towards where you want to get to as you sift and filter all the information that you need along the way. And yes, I know it can be frustrating, it's totally understandable that you want a simpler answer. You know, for someone to say right at the start, okay, so you want to do this? Well, that's going to cost you this much. I get it. I so get it. Unfortunately, though, that's just not how it works. And even in the world of building a project home off the plan where you're basically just picking a house out of a catalogue, even in that world, you'll get handed a price at the beginning and then that will be adjusted up and down, but usually up, based on the extra information that gets gathered along the way. So I find that it's a whole lot less stressful for homeowners if they understand this going in, you know, at the very beginning and that they also understand at what points they need to check the costs and how to go about getting that information and who to get it from as well. So this is how I recommend you find out what it will cost you to build or renovate your home and when and then how to manage your budget and spending along the way. There's several steps and we're going to move through them one by one. So step number one is at the very start. Now I've already spoken in this season of the podcast about how significantly important it is to set a budget at the start and I've also given you some free resources that you can use to do this. Now remember your budget is a key part of your brief, it's a fundamental component of how to approach your project overall and the strategies to adopt in its design and construction. So, don't ignore it, okay? Don't start without one. Don't keep it a secret from your designers and your potential team members. You know, Go and check out the last episode if you haven't. I shared with you how to tackle those initial conversations as you're interviewing designers or builders so that you can talk about your budget without feeling like you're going to be taken for a ride. Now, remember also to use those online budget calculators and real estate tools just to see rough cost guides and understand what adds value in your area. You know, the ability of those that you're working with to give you useful and helpful advice, it will rely on the information that you give them. So give them good, reliable information, you know, then you should get good, reliable advice to help you move forward on your project. And this will help you build trust as well. As a designer, I can always tell when a client is hiding their real project budget from me and they're feeding me another. I've had it happen just recently and you can always tell. So, Contrary to popular belief, a good designer is not out to overspend your budget. If you feel that your designer is only out to make a masterpiece and that they don't care whether that meets your budget or not, then run for the hills, all right? Consider that your first red flag. Your designer can only work with the brief that you give them though, all right? So trust them, listen to their advice, build a partnership with them because I find that that delivers the best results for any project, Now, the next point at which to get costing information is step number two, which is to help you choose the best design concept to move forward with. So as you start your journey, there's going to be loads of options. There's so much to consider and to choose from. And part of you working out the best way forward is going to be about you being able to understand and weigh up all of those options that are available to you and then to choose the best one to move forward with. So perhaps you're trying to choose, you know, the best floor plan solution or the types of materials that you want to build from or even the style of your home that you want to emulate. Understanding the financial cost of these choices, it can be a really good way to get clarity uh, for the decisions that you need to make about how you move forward. So at the beginning, you know perhaps you're weighing up different design options. You know, should you do a single story version of the home, should you do a double story? Should you add that extra living room now or should you build in the capacity to add it later? Do you do a skillion roof or do you do a gable roof? You know, can you afford that double story void that you've been thinking about? Oh, you know, I'll often hear this from homeowners that they'll be looking at all the options that they could possibly do for renovating or building their home and they have a budget in mind. But, you know, there is some flexibility about their budget based on what it's going to buy them. So what I mean by that is that they may have the capacity to spend more money if they believe that what they're going to get for that money is worth the money they're going to spend on it okay and so they'll be you know playing with their floor plan and they'll be I've had somebody recently contact me to say you know he's been trying to decide whether to do you know an extension out the front an extension out the back do two stories do single story you know weighing up all of these different design options he's been sort of playing with floor plans himself and he just can't work out how to work out which one's going to be the best way to go forward So, you know, and and the trick is that builders will often want floor plans in order to be able to give uh, costing information. And so if you're in this position, it can be hard to know, you know, who to talk to and how to get an idea of what's going to be the right choice. So if this is you, I actually recommend that you get some design options drawn up early, illustrating those different options and those different ideas. You know, it can be a first great step in you making the best decision on how to move forward because you can actually work with a designer to at a concept level you know draw out and nut out those ideas and look like just to have a look at what they look like on paper and then you'll have something to show to builders to get some costing information based on those options and then that will help you have clarity about how to move forward. Now, remember, whenever you're showing designs to builders at this concept stage, the best that they're going to be able to give you is a ballpark. But, you know, it's a great way to assess at this point what's going to be the best choice for you. Now, the next step at which to get costing information is number three, which is before you lodge for council approval. So this might be a development application or a development approval or a planning permit. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've heard and seen this scenario, Homeowner will work with a design professional or a builder on the design for their new home or their renovation and they'll do that for weeks or for months. And then the professional that they're working with will develop that design into a package of drawings for council lodgement and that can take weeks or that can take months. And then the homeowner will submit it to council and they'll wait for their development approval and that can take weeks or months. And then the homeowner will go to a quantity surveyor or a building estimator or a builder to get the project estimated or quoted and that will take them some weeks and then the homeowner will find out that their project is well over the budget that they wanted to spend and they feel totally demoralized they feel like chucking in the towel and scrapping the whole thing and you know all they're going to spend several weeks and sometimes months and definitely more money you know changing the design to bring it back in on budget get an amended council approval and then get ready to start the next phase of the project but they're delayed they're battered and they're bruised and their wallets much emptier for you know all of this effort so get your project formally quoted before you lodge for council approval you know to lodge for your council approval you should actually have quite a high level of design resolution at that point and it doesn't take a lot of extra effort for you to be able to pull together a package of information that you can then actually give as a brief to a quantity surveyor or to a building estimator or to a builder. They can then provide you with some decent cost advice and you know in actual fact there are some councils that will insist that when you put an estimate of cost of construction into your planning permit or your development application that it has to be done by somebody who has the expertise to provide that information so be it a quantity surveyor or somebody similar. So, you know, it's really great to get some more accurate costing information at this point because that'll enable you to adjust designs and do what you need to to change it to suit your budget before you even get it into council. And it means that you won't waste all of that time and energy and effort and money further down the road. Now, the next point at which I recommend that you get some costing information is before you get your building approval or in some places in New South Wales, it's called a construction certificate, Victoria, it's called a construction permit. So this is the point at which you're getting permission to be able to start construction and it's step number four. So, you know, there's usually a lot of detail and design resolution that occurs between lodging drawings for council approval and getting them ready for building approval or for your construction permits. You know, by this stage, you'll generally have got advice from a structural engineer and also from any other consultants that you need on board and they'll have advised and even done their own drawings for you uh, how to build that project so that it's structurally sound and it meets the building regulations that your building approval is going to assess it against. You know you'll have chosen materials and you'll potentially have also designed some interior elements as well so you might have done your kitchen and your bathroom layouts and you know all of your selections they may not be perfectly finalized but you'll be getting a good idea of, of what you're choosing and and what you want to work with and include and also you know you may find too that your landscape design has been um, quite resolved as well so you know at this point get some more costing information get get a revision to that budget Uh, even look at getting a formal quote from a builder you know sometimes based on who you're working with and their own processes you know this can be the point at which you can actually go out to builders to a group of builders and get the project formally quoted and, you know, then the builders will often allow, put just put allowances against the finishes and fixtures that you'll be choosing in the quote and that you might not have properly detailed in your package of information. So, you know, check, are you still on budget? You know, is there anything that you need to do? Adjust to suit before you actually lodge for your building approval. Now, the next point at which to get costing information is step number five, and that's before you sign a contract with the builder. So you've started getting proper quotes from the builders. You know, they may take several weeks to review your drawings. They may be sending them out to subcontractors and suppliers and then they'll get it all, they'll collate it all, they'll get it all back to you with a formal quote and, you know, this will be proposed as a contract sum to actually build or renovate your project. And this contract sum will usually include the quoted work that's outlined in the drawings and any supporting information that you may have provided. And it will also generally include what's known as provisional sums, and PC or prime cost item allowances. Now, if you don't know what provisional sums or PC items are, I'm gonna pop a link in the show notes with a definition for you, okay? But basically, these are kind of the gray areas of your contract, so it's where and how the builder will provide estimates against the work or fixtures and finishes because they're not fully defined in your drawings or in the specification and they actually get embedded into the contract and then those amounts get inputted into the contract sum. So this is where so many homeowners can get into real trouble because, firstly, they don't check that the allowances that are included in the contract sum are actually enough for what they want in their project. Or worse still, they actually don't understand how these allowances and sums even work because there's things that you need to know when you make variations to them and how builders' margins are factored into them um, that can really catch some people out. You know, another mistake that I've seen homeowners make is they'll be negotiating the contract and they'll basically shop the amounts in these allowances. So what I mean by this is that they'll, they'll look at, you know, the total contract sum that the builder's proposing. They'll want it to be less. And so they'll adjust, you know, they'll sit down with the builder and they'll adjust these allowances and PC items And they'll go through each of them and they'll adjust them to suit to get the contract sum down to where they want it to be. But they won't check that the amounts that they've adjusted are actually going to pay for the work that they want it to pay for in the project. So it's it's much better and safer if you can actually calculate these amounts in your contract with real dollar amounts for your selections and scope of works. You know, for example, real quotes from an electrician. On work against a real lighting plan that lays out your lighting exactly how you want it and your power how you want it and has actual light fittings specified and scheduled for it rather you know than just a simple dollar amount is an allowance for electrical work and that's based on an estimated number of light fittings and an estimated number of power points. You know this can really help you avoid budget blowouts during construction when your allowances in your contract sum aren't enough okay contracts are legal documents and they can seriously catch out homeowners when they don't understand what is included and what it obligates them to do okay so this can always it can just cost extra money for your project so it's worth understanding the detail of it now the next step on getting costing information is step number six and that's actually during the construction project so i really recommend that homeowners or their representative who are acting on their behalf on site, be it their architect or their project manager, organise and attend weekly site meetings to meet with their builder on site. And during these meetings, you track how the budget is going, you know, what choices and payments are coming up, Are there any selections that are outstanding? Are there any choices that you're going to have to make? Is there any extra information required that could cause delays, you know, because delays can cost you extra money? You know, when is your next payment due? Will the work be completed as scheduled? And are you going to have funds to make that next payment? If you track all of your costs on an ongoing basis, you know, don't get carried away with last-minute choices and extra spends here and there because it's surprising how quickly it can add up and blow your budget, You know, don't spend your savings before they're fully realised. Make sure you protect your contingency. All of these things will help you deliver your project at its anticipated cost. And the last step at which to get costing information is this one. So step number seven is before you make that final payment. Now, hopefully you or someone who's working for you who's not the builder, so your project manager or your architect, has been tracking the payments and the variation claims that have been made throughout the project and hopefully you or they have also been checking that the builder is completing the work that they're actually charging you for. So in making that final payment for the contract, be sure that all the work is completed to the standard and to the scope as agreed in your contract. In my opinion, you know, you shouldn't hold your builder to ransom over this final payment. I've seen this get pretty nasty when homeowners think they're doing the right thing and they're withholding the payment trying to get the builder to finish off things and it can get can get nasty very quickly so the builder just remember the builder is a person and they're running a business so be fair and reasonable and not a vigilante about how you manage this final payment but it's also remembering that the final payment is really that last point of real recourse that you have on your project so you know try to be sure that all your contracted work is complete and it's defect free and this will you know, help you have clarity about the completion of the project and the commencement of your post-contract phase. So let me go through those seven steps again of where I recommend you get some costing information. So step number one at the very start, step number two to help you choose the best design concept to move forward with, step number three before you lodge your council approval, step number four before you lodge your building approval, step number five before you sign a contract with a builder, step number six during the construction project and step number seven before making the final payment. Now it sounds like a lot doesn't it and you know you've got to remember that this is happening over quite a long period of time as you move through your renovation and building project but this is really about that incremental process about gathering information, resolving detail and nailing down your costs as you go okay. Now in the next episode I'm going to be talking more about spending your budget and staying on track. Now I've mentioned this briefly in this episode but we're going to dive deeper into it next time because I see it's where a lot of homeowners will run their budget off the rails and so there's some tricks about how to keep yours on track for your project. And don't forget to check out the Kiko LED website and the special discount that they've got for the UA community. Have a look too at the Kiko Max 4 profile. So this is a lovely box section. Uh, that can be used to illuminate entire rooms so you know from walk-in robes to kitchens or to your laundry you can directly fix it to the ceiling or you can fix it into recesses to get that beautiful streamlined look and you can also suspend it over your kitchen island bench when you combine it with the steel wire suspension kit that you can also buy on the Kiko website so you know you can order these LED strip lighting fixtures to the exact length that you want you know I remember in our last renovation, I was trying to find a low-cost suspension light fitting to hang over the island bench. And the island bench was something like twenty-eight fifty, you know, 2.85 metres long. And all I could find was 1.8 metres length or 2.2 metres length in the style and the budget that I wanted to pay for it. And we, you know if I'd been able to order an LED light fitting to the exact same length as the island bench which you can through the Kiko LED website then it would have just been beautiful because you would have had this beautiful you know, box light fitting suspended from the ceiling perfectly aligned with the island bench below it would have been great. So head to the website at www.kikoled.com.au forward slash undercover architect to grab a discount. And don't forget to join me next time to get help with how to safely spend your budget as your renovation or your new home project progresses. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and of videos too, covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. <laughs> I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puckpass.